I would enjoy seeing a segment of some posh British gentleman critiquing or reviewing Pauly Shore movies. That would be great. I like that there are full monocles and the suit and everything, just sitting back with scones and tea and just talking about <laughs> Pauly Shore movies. That would be funny. Look at the way he's objectifying that woman. <laughs> oh, God, please don't <laughs> let that be the opening. Welcome to Repeatable, the podcast where we check out something old and decide if it's worth coming back to. I'm your host, Seth Wilkes. And I'm Matt LeBlanc. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Seth? Good, good, good. Good week. Excited to get back into uh, uh, X-Men again. Well, actually, I'm. Uh, I want. I want to. When we before we jump into that, I, w- I want to discuss. Usually, we save this for the end. I want to do the what we've been, uh, the watching or reading or whatnot segment first, just because I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, it, so. no, for sure. Yeah, I was. So I was can... trying. I was trying to rush you. I'm just asking if you're excited to be back in the X Men world. Oh, oh, right. Yes, because it has been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> well, that's right. Everybody, we are. We're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> With like the, uh, the season the, two, season two, um, I'm excited. Yeah, well, are you excited? Yeah, I was I was happy to go to get back to get back to her. But now I'm really interested to know what you've been reading and what you've been watching. So I've been I've been watching. <laughs> are you interested in behind the scenes stuff? Yes, I do like that kind of in stuff. any way. Okay, cool. You might be interested in uh, you know Industrial Light and Magic, right? ILM. They worked on like the, the special effects for Star Wars. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you if any of our listeners have Disney Plus, a really cool docu docu series dropped like last week. Uh, it's called Light Light and Magic, and it's just it's a super in depth look on the creation of that company. Like George Lucas made the company for the express purpose of making Star Wars. Like there was no special effects house either like that or even just at all back back in the day so he made that and it's just uh, a, a a big like process of like a lot of the behind the scenes process stuff and how they made the effects and how the whole thing got started so and it's like it's like six or so episodes but each episode is like an hour long almost so it's like almost six hours of content it's very cool that sounds really neat. I think I'll check that out. That actually does sound like it'd be up my alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, and they got lots of the people involved. Like anybody that's still alive probably has popped in. George Lucas pops in, does the talking head thing, and uh, and then they do video stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it's really good documentary series. Uh, obviously, this is coming out. Uh, on a Friday, I'm assuming we'll probably have this out, and it's uh, a Thursday we're recording this, so um, by the time someone hears this, uh, I might have already been watching at least the first episode of Sandman, so I'm going to be pretty happy. Are they... Do you think they're going to drop everything? Oh yeah, it's all at once. Okay, that's too bad. I like I like Weekly. So do I. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the having the Wait week to week to see what happens in the instead of like having it right there just to click through a full like season's worth. I'm not I'm not a binge watcher, right? So I like to space stuff out traditionally, and so but when they're all dropped at once, then you run into uh, spoilers and stuff because people start posting stuff everywhere. 
Yeah, exactly. And it, oh, it, I've heard it works in, it works against Netflix in the sense that, like a really popular show, like say when Tiger King came out a couple years ago, people were talking about, like everybody was talking about it, but they talked about it for like, what a month, and. Like if the shows had been like week to week, then that word of like that talk would have gone on a lot longer. Disney, for the most part, has been doing it uh, the week to week when it comes to their Marvel properties. So, I yeah. well, well, that being said, we fell behind on Miss Marvel, and then we ended up watching a bunch of them back to back. So that defeated the whole point. But <laughs> for the most part, we like to watch it week by week. Yeah, and of course, like after it's out, it's out in total uh, in the end anyway so it doesn't really matter but uh yeah that's what i i was watching i've been watching and uh we're both probably going to be checking uh checking out sandman and i would imagine that'll be our next next week's episode i'm hoping so i've been uh before I, mean, I know people want to get into the the, the x-man but i've actually been uh i, I started to read like a, a history uh like a book book like not like a not like a book with pictures in it. I've actually, uh, when I, I decided to try to actually read a book book for the first time in a while. So, um, but I think that's pretty, very mature uh, of you. Yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty. It's it's a history book too. So. Ooh. Hmm. What what history of what? Uh, World War Two stuff. Wow. How old are you? Are you like sixty <laughs> or boomer? <laughs> I to be quite honest, I told myself I said, okay, I want you get back into reading like actual like full-on books i love comic books but I, there's a a few like full-on books that i want to read that seem like daunting to me mm-hmm. so i went through my collection and i grabbed one of the smallest books i had i'm like okay if i can get through this that can like ease me in to the big books i want to read <laughs> now for you does book mean uh non-fiction or is there a a, a variety um like for example, I was uh, I got the uh, Stephen King like the Talisman or Talisman or whatever you pronounce it. I'm gonna yeah, butcher uh, that. Stephen King and Peter Straub. Yeah. Um. So yeah. like I said that that's interests me to read it. But when you look at it, it's just a big, daunting thing. I got yeah. the the I got the Godfather uh, here as well, which I love. Like I said, love the movie. I never read the book. It's like five hundred something pages. I'm like ah, <laughs> right. Like I don't know if I. If that if I can do that, so it helps to realize that you can, like, just doing a, a few pages a day that'll get you through a book pretty quickly. Uh, well, speaking of drawing inspiration and imagery from World War II, uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're we're getting into the first two episodes of uh, X Men: The Animated Series season two. Yeah. Uh, the till death do us part. I guess I'll do a little recap of it because essentially it's just that uh, uh, Gene and Scott are honeymooning from a wedding. Uh, meanwhile, we discover that an old former ally is back, but instead he's being evil and he's manipulating the X Men to turn against each other. There's this group that's trying to. Uh, make the mutants look bad in order uh, for them to be persecuted again. 
and uh, yeah, I think I think that's about it. There's a and there's also a big baddie who's uh, sitting in the background, who's kind of behind most of this, who doesn't get revealed until the later part of the second episode. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you don't see him until then. Yeah, uh, good episode. I uh, the recap that they do at the beginning, I laughed out loud, like just. At the, it was like basically I'm two seconds in and I had to stop it and repeat it several times. Can you guess what it was? No, I said they only recapped the last episode and I I thought they were going to recap the whole season. What did you find funny? It was, <laughs> it was basically they only recapped the ending of the uh, um, the uh, last uh, last season last episode. Sorry, they recapped the last episode. And it it's opens up with the part where Master Mold is saying to Senator, telling whoever uh, <laughs> that you will re- remove his brain and replace it with a computer. So that in and of itself made me chuckle. But then the I I didn't catch it during the episode, but the actor's read of his his reaction was just spot on realistic because he says what. You, what yeah just incredulous like it wasn't even fear it was just like what where where is this coming from it was so perfect for how i as an audience was reacting to this just this out there like all of a sudden we're removing brains and swapping out for computer what you will remove senator kelly's brain and replace it with a computer what? They're they're in a booth across from each other reading lines, and he didn't know that line was coming up, and they just recorded the actual reaction. It's uh, it sounded <laughs> like it. That it just the the reaction was so spot on to how it would actually go down. So I I I I, I had to I had to not only did I stop and replay that a few times, I actually played it for my wife, who of course just shrugged and. Uh, <laughs> Didn't mean anything to her, but I still played it for. Her. Uh, yeah, no, that I, I I did laugh at that, but I did I didn't have it in my nose, but I did I did chuckle at it. Um, I I did watch the entire opening sequence, like the music, to see if they added or changed anything. They didn't. I like how they started it off because they did like a uh, like a back and forth flashing of like uh, the like the gentle music as like uh, Scott and Gene are exchanging their vows, and it shows like. Wolverine trying like to fight uh, Scott, and like you don't exactly know what's happening for a good few m- moments. I, I like, yeah, uh, I liked that because you're like trying to think what's happening. Says like in the future, is something bad happening? It, it, I liked how they open it up like that. Yeah, and I also like that Wolverine's preset <laughs> workout is just the uh, the kill Scott <laughs> uh, the workout. That's like one of his playlists, I guess. Now. I want to address this too, because you know how, like, sometimes, like, sometimes, let's say certain countries will be at peace with each other, and, like, one will really endorse the other one, and then, like, the other country does something, and they have to, like, uh, condemn said country, and they have to, like, distance themselves um, away from that, right? Um, mm-hmm. I would like to formally, formally um, acknowledge my error. In endorsing Gambit when this started, uh, I was naive at the beginning. 
of uh, recording this podcast when I said that Gambit was my favorite character, and uh, I would like to retract that statement and and uh, not being not be acknowledged moving forward. Oh, I'm going to acknowledge it when we get to that part. <laughs> well, you the haven't fir- deterred me. Well, the first thing that I, I have on here is that the the first the literal first thing you see with Gambit here is him forcing himself onto two separate women. Because it, it goes to the wedding, and then they say I do and stuff like that. And Gambit's like, you know, it's a tradition to kiss the bride or whatever. And then he kisses... Uh, I think like Gene on the cheek, like, and then he goes to another woman. It's like you know it's tradition to kiss, and he starts to kiss another woman. I'm like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, for the first thing he does is force himself onto two women, and successfully kisses later on. But we'll get into that. <laughs> Has his hair? Is that little sock thing always been holding a ponytail, like hiding a ponytail? I don't understand how he suddenly has. A yeah, ponytail. no. It's a pretty long ponytail, too. Yeah, it's a decent ponytail. I've never, yeah, I never noticed that as well until this episode. I just thought maybe that's just like he he does it formally for ponytail. But like that, I I don't know it's why. Clip on ponytail. I don't understand. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't look like there's anything in that weird black sock thing he wears. It looks like he just has a short. Like it looks like he got one of those like sides buzz like shape buzzed, but. Uh, Guess these long he has his long hair back there. Um, now, before I knew exactly what was happening in this episode, the minister went up after the wedding to Gene and Scott and talked, and I was like, "Very obviously evil minister." Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. I was going to mention that too. He just he he does that uh, that that Tommy Elliot's from Hush thing, where it's just the camera. <laughs> holds on him and he's just got this evil like <laughs> head down like the eyebrows like pointing downward and the evil sinister look I was like <laughs> and then it, it returned then it's like all of a sudden he morphs into morph the mutant that you were you thought died in the uh, previous season right mm-hmm. yeah well in their in, in X-Men's uh, defense uh, they didn't try and like, two seconds later there was the reveal that the minister was <laughs> evil and whatnot. They didn't tr- unlike Hush. They didn't try and keep that <laughs> pretense <it> out. up. <laughs> yeah, stretch it out <laughs> over uh, several episodes. We find out that President is now President Kelly. He's won the election. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that he does is he pardons Beast, which again. He he, Beast one hundred percent committed the crime. He did it. Yep, he did. <laughs> but, but I guess that's nice. Um, we see Beast because he threw the bouquet, and uh, Beast catches it and immediately starts doing his uh, smart bit. We we go and we see Morph now. Uh, I believe in his apartment, and he has like like I thought it was pretty cool. It was like a Jekyll and Hyde situation where he's like, "No, they're my friends. They left you to die. No, they right." I I thought that was actually a pretty. Uh, yeah. Well, now I think of it as that the the scene from Lord of the Rings with Gollum. Yeah. But obviously that wouldn't have been the thought back then. So they're probably going, yeah, thinking Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and then uh, they started to be, they subtly, very subtly, uh, started to hint at um, World War Two uh, <laughs> when they showed the uh, the the freedom 
for humans or freedom of uh, human- friends of humanity friends of humanity that's what it is uh yeah. and they and they all were wearing like the armbands with like the birds and the i was like i was like okay like <laughs> it's very quite obvious what's happening here yeah yeah well they're they're yeah they're i guess switching it up i guess most of the first season was the fear of uh fear of mutants and now they're trying to show which i think they started with uh show the mutant the humans being uh nefarious to mutants this time around so it's it's it also feels a little bit like uh i don't know if you've ever watched avatar the last airbender i've seen like one or two episodes oh really you gotta yep. check that out man that's a gooder <laughs> movie, movie. that's a maybe that's a topic for some time uh but at any rate yeah the 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 whole first uh it's not first season but like the the first show avatar that show is about how awesome airbenders like benders are which they control elements essentially the mutants of the that world and then the the follow-up series uh which which name escapes me my apologies everybody uh it's (laughs) it's kind of jumps into this thing where it's show the negative side or how there are a lot of a lot of people who are actually anti these benders or in this in the x-men's case anti-mutant so it's kind of like from season one to season two there's that flip which they have here well and i and again like what they're doing is wrong like these uh uh, like, like with the wristbands hunting down mutants and stuff like that. The only thing I will say is that if you really want to show that they're like bad people, maybe don't have the first mutants they hunt down be Morlocks, because then you kind of sympathize with them, right? You're like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I mean, they're they're Morlocks. <laughs> it's 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 like just it's like getting vermin. It's 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 expected. It's a service. <laughs> No, this is I mean, this part I found really funny because all of a sudden, again, I'm going through this episode. I I don't think I've seen this before as a youth, so like everything to me was brand new. And it shows like Magneto. He's like Charles, chaos, save me, Charles, help me, go to these coordinates. And I'm like, this sounds very much like a setup. And then it, it tra- turns out that it's morph again. And then I had a little chuckle because like, can you imagine? having the ability to turn into anyone that you want, but being a poor actor. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, like, you can do, you can turn into anyone, but it's like, he was just the first two people he embodied. He was just very clearly pretending to be them like visibly like, okay, well that's clearly not Xavier. I mean, I mean, that's clearly not a Magneto. Okay. That's clearly not a minister. Yeah. I guess he needs to do a little bit of more. Yes. And, uh, theater. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he should join second city. You know, I believe, I believe that'd be a good idea. Uh, They go to, they cut to a bar where they're, uh, Wolverine beast and gambit are playing pool. Um, there's clearly a poster of a woman in a bikini behind them. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, that seems weird just to have in there, but okay. Um, and then like these uh, the the uh, the not Nazis go and they start um, to like send out the mutants and like they just, like, do that by like throwing in Molotov cocktails and, like burning up the place. Uh, and then like they start fighting, but like despite it being like a really one sided fight, Beast, Wolverine, and Gambit 
Like they really go to town. Like they just prolong the fight. They're trying to escape several times, and they're like, "No, no, no, <laughs> we're we're gonna keep beating you up." Yeah, it's it's like no. Well, we're we're the, we're the good guys, really. Bam, slips, <laughs> smashing people right in the face. Yeah, sorry, I'm just I went in and I I, I missed the picture of the bikini clad lady. I just <laughs> I just scrolled back to it. It's like. It's a woman, she's in a bikini, but she's just standing up stock straight, and she's, like, scratching the back of her head. <laughs> like, she's confused why she's there. It's uh, it's not the most provocative pose I've ever seen, so I don't know. That might be worth putting in. Uh, I'll see if I can get that, an image screenshot of that in the, uh, in the show notes. She's just... I just, yeah, the oddest pose. I, well, I just, I, yeah, I just thought it was like such a weird thing just to have thrown in the background, right? But, but uh, the only piece of art, too, or art, <laughs> the only decorations. Oh, um, I have here the professor is again being needlessly vague because he's like, oh, I have to go on a out on a personal matter. Oh yeah, yeah. You know he doesn't tell them that I'm going to Antarctica because Magneto sent a distress call, and I need to yeah, ensure that he's he okay. Why can't he say that? Why can't he say I have to go to Antarctica? Everybody, I can Antarctica. It's not a safe trip. If he's going in the their own personal little jet thing, it'd be. I would. I think it would be a smart idea just to give somebody a heads up on where he's going in case something happens, which of course it does. Well, that's all I have. Is just that, like, there's no reason, like, you trust these X-Men. They understand the situation. There's no reason you have to constantly, like, gaslight them on the issues that you're dealing with. They can help you. <laughs> yeah. This shows a news channel framing, uh, they're framing Beast by showing him with a gun and holding up the back of a car. Again, the car that was trying to escape. But I'll leave that be. Um, and then again, one thing about this show is that it's timeless. So, like any kid who watches it now would be in stitches at the making copies joke by Morph. What was the joke? Making copies, you know, by Polly Shore. Hey, quick editor's note. Um, I'm going through the episode right now. Uh, it is Rob Schneider, not Polly Shore. Who said making copies? Um, sorry that I mixed that up. I would normally just cut it out, but I really like the discussion that comes afterwards. <laughs> so I'm just gonna let my uh, dumb error stay in there. Um, but just so everyone else knows who's listening to this, I'm aware it's Rob Schneider. I uh, had a brain fart at the moment. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a Polly Shore joke. That there was a, there's a, a they, they would just go. There was what, what movie was it now? But it, uh, if you if you search up making copies, there was a thing that, and it was delivered exactly the same way as more. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. I think every kid nowadays knows who Polly Shore is. My oh, yeah. kids are always talking about Polly Shore. Papa. Can we watch a Polly Shore movie? I don't know why your kids are British. Please, sir, Papa. can we watch Biodome? <laughs> Papa? Can we, where's Jerry? Where's my copy of Jerry Duty? <laughs> why is his hair so fluffy, Papa? <laughs> Papa? Uh, now, <laughs> how do I transition where's back? Where's my <laughs> Stephen Baldwin in Polly Shore movie? Oh, that's a... 
the ongoing gig now is going to be your uh, posh British children's love of Polly Shore. <laughs> I, I would enjoy seeing a segment of some posh British gentlemen like critiquing or reviewing Polly Shore movies. That would be great. Like that there are full monocles and the suit and everything, just sitting back with scones and tea and just talking about <laughs> Polly Shore movies. That would be funny. Look at the way he's objectifying that woman. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, God, please don't <laughs> let that be the opening. <laughs> I leave that to you. Oh, no, God. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll see if I'm brave enough to put that at the beginning. Um, now, remember I was saying just a little bit ago that Morph is a bad actor. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor at being an X-Men. And he goes through and starts sending them off to do certain things and causing confusion, pretending to be people and like exploiting their weakness. And of course, he knows Gambit's weakness is women. It's <laughs> the ladies, which is why he's your favorite character. <laughs> I told you. I'm, I told I you. You're not getting out of it. Back to the statement. And then uh, so it says to go meet me up in these co- up in these uh, coordinates or whatever at a certain time because he's pretending to be Rogue, and then Gambit comes up and sees Rogue sleeping. And now Seth, if uh, a woman invited you up uh, and you uh, went to her room and saw her sleeping, what would your first instincts be? I'm not even going to joke about this. I would uh, first of all have knocked, and <laughs> it's not. I think it's the rec room, so I think he's fine for just just going in. But yeah. uh, you know, see someone sleeping, just just back out, leave them alone. Maybe not assume anything, and just and just leave them about their business. Or, or like if you really want, like you could give them like a little nudge, like "Hey, I'm I'm here. You told me to meet you here." Like a little nudge or something like that, right? Like, yeah, you you seemed yeah you seemed like you wanted to talk about stuff, but you know maybe you're tired, so we can we can do it another time or whatever. See, Gambit's uh, uh, plan of action here was mm-hmm. to lean over and not like to give her a kiss on the forehead or like to touch her face or a kiss on the cheek. He just, uh, without her permission, <laughs> mm-hmm. gives her uh, a full kiss on the lips. <laughs> I will accept your uh, rescinding now. Yes, that is. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you've come to that realization. That that- a bad dude. Oh, I was watching. I'm like, oh, why, why, why are you kissing her lips? Oh, this, I've I don't seen like. this episode, and I knew where it was going. I, I, I vaguely remember that. So yeah, I had my, my head in my hands, uh, for most of the, uh, the lead up to this. So yeah, so not good people. So he sends Jubilee to this that the not Nazi group. He goes and he uh, has Storm kind of go off and do something like that. Um, He's really tricking people to do different things. When he sees Beast in the training room, he like puts it on super murder mode. I'm like, Beast got the worst out of this deal. Like, he just, yeah, like he he like he just like okay, this person's gonna trick this person and maybe do this. He's like Beast, you may very likely die in this situation. That is the end. Does this danger room not have any fail safes? Like anything, <laughs> like any kind of protection so that it doesn't kill people. 
I guess I guess we all know Professor X, so of course it doesn't. But. No. We need to have more claustrophobic rooms for Storm. <laughs> she needs he's just, to be he's just, as small as possible. He's just constantly installing new small little rooms and inviting inviting her to step inside and be closing the door behind him behind her. <laughs> Uh, but then this episode ends with this showing uh, Mr. Sinister, and he like he looks great. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know how effective that cape is, but no, no, no. But the, like the the sharp teeth and the way he looks is very it looks is very good looking bad guy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, that was the end of uh, episode one, and uh, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think that they, I feel like these episodes really do go hand in hand together. Like you gotta put them, you have to put them together, right? So, yeah, because because it ends with like Mister Sinister saying like they kind of like do that. Gene and Scott are like his priority, and then the next episode opens up with like Gene and Scott out on the water. Yeah, I I, I um I question the naming of Till Death Do Us Part. Because uh, they, they don't even like they're a little bit in the beginning, but for the most part, that storyline isn't until the second episode. So I feel like this should be more like I don't know something to do with uh, Fox in the Hen House or something like that. Some some kind of title more specific to Morph than yeah, anything I else. I agree. But that's that's definite nitpick territory, though. <laughs> um, but it goes. You see, like a guy clearly, like in like a was he dressed up like a 18th century pianist, and he's like starts like, <laughs> "Hello, <laughs> hello there, I have a message for you." And then he like shipwrecks them. Yeah, uh, shows uh, Mister Sinister and his little jolly gang of ghouls. Uh, shows Morph struggling again, and then it has. Uh, the Scott and Gene like sort of tied up because uh, they put like the the suppressor like bracelet collar things on them so they can't use their powers. But like, they have me to think like if you were Scott, would you not just like wear that when you're not being a superhero? Like, I mean, if if it's like yeah. means that you could just like take off your glasses and be like normal with your eyes. Why would you not just like put it on for like we like, put on the bracelets, go out and about with your life, and then like take it off when you have to fight? That actually is a very good question. That would be <laughs> a a good uh, a good yeah marketing like a uh, marketing thing they could make for for mutants. And then I don't I don't I haven't seen any indication that actually changes your physical form, so I don't think it would work for the the hideous Morlocks. But uh, yeah, for like, people like Scott, it'd be and Rogue, it'd be yeah, ideal. Rogue. I'm surprised. That's that's even the more obvious one. I don't know why we haven't thought of that. As it, like, it seems like there's a very clear solution to several problems right here, but just because it's being bad as a it's framed in a bad way <laughs> no one's looking at the see the no one's being optimistic about this seth we mm-hmm. we need to we need to see a glass glass half full kind of situation here i like then they, we go back to uh the x-men they're going to try to see storm because she actually in the, uh, the previous episode i didn't have it in my notes but she got uh shot down because morph pretended to be a police officer and told them to gun her down 
Um, mm-hmm. and but like they their way to sneak in, it has like Beast with like a trench coat and a hat, but like clearly no pants on. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. like it's still it's still blue hairy feet and legs that are exposed. <laughs> I I'm like that doesn't seem like a very you're the smartest man. I don't, I don't want to think about Beast's hairiness, blue hairiness. Ugh. It's everywhere. Um, and then it show, then it goes to the uh, Friends of Humanity uh, Center because they have uh, Jubilee captured. I like when mm-hmm. they open up. The guy's standing there, and they have the people, the crowd there, and they're literally, literally chanting, "Leader, leader, leader." Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I didn't make that World War II connection that you did. However, at the same time, I must have more subconsciously, because when I came to him, I was uh, my thoughts were like the uh, his his mannerisms and whatnot. My, I made a connection to like you know that you know Hitler's always shown as like being a a good orator and making his hand motions and whatnot. So I was like, I could I I guess subconsciously I was seeing how like they were trying to mimic those with this guy. So yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Then uh, Wolverine comes in and uh, saves the day. Um, before but there's a good line there where the the leader person he's like uh, because Jubilee's like why uh, what did we ever do to you he's like you were born I'm like, Ooh, harsh harsh that's, yeah that's a, that's a good comeback um, I just but, liked Wolverine's line you know how much bubble gum I had to <laughs> smell to track you down I liked that line that was a good one and that knows I want again say how handy his nose is because when we go back to the X mansion mm-hmm. Xavier is there Mus- musky Xavier and he's uh, telling people oh there's a, a thing here and we must go and do uh, like there's a, a nerve gas kind of thing that's affecting our minds because everyone starts thinking okay something weird's going on here and then yeah. uh, we'll, everyone's kind of falling for it and Wolverine's like no it can't be. Morph. Why are you doing this, Morph? And starts like shaking Xavier and stuff like that. And then yeah. no no one's convinced except for when uh Xavier slash Morph is like, go like capture him, go and like stop him, stuff like that. And like Gambit's like, that that doesn't sound like something Xavier would say. And he throws the card and yeah. then he my, runs away. The no save the day. My question for that is Assuming Wolverine hadn't come into the room and uh, figured out that it wasn't Xavier, where was Morph going with that? I mean, it only came in handy in the episode because the writers knew that Wolverine was going to discover that it was Morph and uh, call out Xavier. So then then Morph would be like, it's him, he's being mind-controlled or whatever. But had that not happened, where was Morph going with that? Considering Xavier you know was I mean? gone for a long time, you'd have to play Xavier for like a oh, very maybe long that time. Was just to co- maybe that was just to cover up uh, any... Uh, I don't know. I don't know where he would have been going with that. <laughs> well... Um, we haven't made fun of uh, Scott or Cyclops yet, um, which is usually a thing that we do. But mm-hmm. it, so it cuts back; they're captured, and there's like the Mister Sinister 
I'm I'm even not I I don't know if I fully grasp his plan. Like he uses like a this weird creepy plant, and he's like that looks like he's sucking something out of him, and looks like a stone. I don't know exactly. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm like my immediate thought was, oh, I don't want to know where that worm just sucked that stone yeah, out of. Yeah, exactly. He says it's the seed for. <laughs> <laughs> it's the seed for the them becoming, you know, whatever they were gonna do. So it's like, oh, where'd that stone come from? Oh no! But like when he's like trying to explain his plan, which is kind of weird, and Scott's just like, leave Gene out of this. He always just like yells to exclude Gene and like take me instead. That's his go-to line. So I was yeah. happy. I was happy to see that. Then the wharf shows up, and uh, it's. I remember he says like someone will like he's gonna get revenge or something like that, and uh, Scott's like, "Is this a sick joke?" And Marv's like, "It was a sick joke when you left me alone to die." I'm like, like some of the hot, the lines just hit. I'm like, "Ooh!" But for again a kids show, that's a, a a good line. The X Men then show up. They found them very quickly. The uh, because I, I my which at first I was like, "How could they have find them quickly?" But I guess Morph stole a plane earlier. Yeah, I guess they probably would have had a way to track the plane. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, it, she had like find my iPhone type thing. Is that character's name Hairbag? It, it seems like it. It seems like the joke was that Wolverine, make in in attempting to make fun of him, a- accurately guessed his name. Because wasn't he like, how'd you know Hairbag's name or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, his name's Hairbag. I'd like to know what his exactly his powers are because him and the bald guy seem to have the exact same powers and like the you know the bald guy the guy with the daddy long leg <laughs> eyebrow eyebrows yeah they all the yeah they uh yeah he has a very like just well maintained uh, uh eyelash situation going on right there and but it, there is a difference because they're both strong but Hairbag burps. In Wolverine's face, something noxiousness, which <laughs> like, is Wolverine is not a fan of. My eyes, then falls to the ground. The most unbelievable part of this episode happens next. I understand that this is a show that has like uh, Mister Sinister and like people transforming into other people and like all this like over the top action. Uh, but there's a scene where they're fighting and Gambit goes, Gambit likes to play hard to get. I'm like, that's the most unbelievable thing in this entire episode. Because no way does Gambit <laughs> like to when play you ever hard, to get. hard to get. <laughs> Name one time, Gambit, you've played hard to get. That's true. Yes, that is... We, we've reached fantasy land now. Uh, all this other stuff, completely believable, uh, historically accurate, I would say. But yeah, now we've reached the pinnacle of ridiculousness. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, allow a beep in the audio for because when I put this uh, on air, but uh, for just the sake of this conversation, I literally, as he said that, he's like, Gambit plays hard to get. I audibly went, bullshit. <laughs> Oh, lo- loud at the TV alone. <laughs> I call. I call. Nope. I call BS. Nope. <laughs> Just angrily said. <laughs> it, was, it was like a gut reaction. Um, and then at first I thought Morph missed his shot, but looks like he 
unlocked the uh, hit Mr. Sinister's thing that was keeping uh, Cyclops and Jean locked up, I'm guessing, because they escaped shortly after. It it looked like Cyclops just strong-armed it open all of a sudden. Yeah, I was confused about that. Yeah, I'm looking at the episode now. Yeah, he just like is like, you know what? Forget this, and he just like Muscle Man pulls at it all of a sudden, huh. as, like as if he can suddenly just break like pure steel or whatever these manacles are made out of. Um, Cyclops actually has like a decent moment with like, leave my friends alone, and he's shooting Mister Sinister, and it's like it shows like a hole in his side is like green oozes. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then he yeah. shoots him again in the stomach, and he's like just like oozing everywhere. And then he gets on his plane and leaves. Morph leaves, and uh, Wolverine. I do like the fact that Wolverine feels a responsibility to try to help Morph. Right, that character arc. He's like he was the only one who could make me laugh, and like he feels so bad about having to leave him behind. I, I like that yeah. as a char- as a character arc for him. Wasn't that uh, one of our earlier comments where in the first uh, episode or first couple episodes where it's like they never really show any of that relationship with the two of them, though? No. They show them being in the same room, but they never actually show that they're friends in any way whatsoever. No, yeah. It happened off screen, so. Oh, well, that, that, that is true. Um, and then... Uh, Again, I was confused at first because also like Magneto uh, shows up to meet Xavier, and I'm like, "Is this Morph again? Is he still doing it?" But it's actually Magneto, and then an anvil- an avalanche happens on them, and that even though this was a two parter, it was to be continued. Yeah, to be continued. I like avalanche. It's like an avalanche of anvils. That would have <laughs> been. That would not have been good. Acme sponsored it. Avalanche. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you what you what did you think of the like the, the, these two episodes? I, I I enjoyed it definitely. I would I would say not as good as uh, what was the one before the last? It was like the two parter. What was it before the last episode? Was that Days of Future Past? Yeah, it, yeah. So that was that was I'd say the pinnacle so far. Not quite as as good, but definitely not as much of a step down as the Morlocks or any of those episodes. Yeah, got a, like there was some. The first part, what I thought was really good. The second part had some uh, on the island had some like the cheesier parts when they introduced like the henchman characters. But yeah, uh, but otherwise, I again I was uh, impressed with like the tone of it. It really does. It really does feel like they're understanding what they are and what stories they want to tell. Instead mm-hmm. of it kind of instead of it kind of being like just randomness, it seems like there's. Maybe maybe it's just me implying this because of the whole talks about the having a director and whatnot. But it feels like there's more. Uh, I feel like I feel more faith that the next couple episodes are going to continue on this path. Yeah, and I'm just scrolling through it from my memory. I don't recall any of those weird animation glitches that we'd no. see previous episodes, where like Wolverine's arms would be yellow or people's features floating around in their face. I feel like there was somebody who is there to be like, fix this, you know, uh, some, uh, that guiding force. Now it feels weird to ask this Seth because of our last episode, which we didn't watch our last episode. We had an in-depth conversation about like what is repeatable. 
I guess I don't, I don't know. Would you do? Do we even ask in these like in individual episodes anymore? If it's individual, do we talk about a season? How do you want to do this? Oh, so you're talking about our plans for the future? Yeah, because I like I was about to ask you, Ed, Seth. Do you think that uh, till death do us part, part one and two is repeatable? But I'm yeah. not sure. Well, if I that's think even... we're stuck with it. I think we're stuck with it. <laughs> we, we, we we titled the show and everything, so we we'll, we'll we'll say whether it's repeatable or not, and but we'll just keep that conversation in the back of our minds. Just everybody knows that maybe we don't actually know what we're talking about. But yeah, I would. So essentially, repeatable or not repeatable, it just means was it good or was it not good. So I think we can still use it. Okay. Well, was it good? But yes, <laughs> I I would say it's repeatable. <laughs> yeah, whatever would, that vague term means. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it was a a very well done uh, episode. I'm hoping that it continues on this trend, and that it's not like the season one where it had a great opener and then went downhill after that. I don't think it will. I'm having faith in it. Yeah, I mean, we disagree that it had a great opening, but you know, I I get what you're saying. So I guess next on the docket, we're going to watch Sandman, um, at least to the, up to the pilot episode. And I'll see if I can convince mm-hmm. you to keep doing more of them. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I will not, uh, I will not um, guarantee anything. I'm, I'm open to doing the whole, I assume, six episode run. I'm open to it, but you're going to have to, we'll take it week by week. It has to grip me. It has to just hit you the right way. Yeah. And then we'll, and periodically, I think, I think we'll probably do, because there's a next, like, a bunch of, like, individual episodes of X-Men next. That doesn't make sense for me, at least on my end, to do one for each individual episode. We might just group them together or something like that mm-hmm. and then go over uh, some of the details. Instead, of, This was more, like, plot-driven going from point to point where the next one might just be highlights of said episodes because if we went like four episodes and went like beginning to end each episode i think we'd be very hoarse at the end yeah yeah well i guess uh, how do how do people get a hold of us seth uh well if you're interested in anything we had to say or uh have any comments questions uh arguments whatever you can send that over to repeatablepod at gmail.com and i uh, will respond either in the emails machine or on the show. And uh, you can also check out our Facebook page to get any updates. That's at Repeatable Pod on Facebook. And that's if we're if we're planning to miss a week or if uh, we have a topic change or anything, that news would be there first. And I've, I've actually started putting in a little bit of... Uh, uh, details uh, in the uh, uh, I like how co- uh, Crash Course calls them the doobly doo or the uh, the descriptions down below. But uh, put it in the descriptions. There's um, links. So usually, if we have any links uh, that we mention, any any show like YouTube uh, channel episode or anything we refer to, I'll try and put the link in there. But we also got. Uh, links to Amazon. Those are like affiliate links. So if you want to help out the show financially so we can uh, maybe put a little more production value into this in the future, if you're going <laughs> to buy something on Amazon, just go to our, our link, click on that, and uh, you can uh, get whatever you're getting and help us out a little bit. Well, look at you, businessman. 
I know, I know. I learned that from other podcasts. That's right. I listen to other podcasts. Well, <laughs> they might have, uh, you might have the business sense, but uh, could you talk like this? Uh, this is the glue that's holding the show together. Is that what everybody comes back for, huh? People are like, I wonder if for some reason they'll keep using Bane, despite him being a DC character in this Marvel property. When will, Matt get... do his, when will Matt do his Count Chocula impression? I can hear the voice already starting to go <laughs> into Transylvania mode. When, when, I would like to hear the story about how Count Chocula got trapped in that mine, you know, with all the, <laughs> everything collapsing on him. Please let me out. Me and Batman, we, we share the things in common. I was the bat that inspired him, you know. Ah, oh, thank you very much for keeping this alive, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, um... You you have a good one, Seth. <laughs> you too. It's been it's been fun doing this again. So we'll have to make sure we we keep it up and like it like Matt said, Sandman next week, and we'll see what's going on after that. Fantastic. Remember, if uh, you see any uh, man acting like Gambit around you, please do not hesitate to alert someone, and because that that's not okay. No, that that is not okay. We do not endorse any Gambit like behaviors. We, we do not. <laughs>